Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we know, it's that the journey to financial independence can be confusing. But it doesn't have to be. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money to help you find the next step on your journey today on Talking Sense. Science, philosophy, and economics can teach us a lot of things about most things in life, actually. Mm -hmm. But there is a question that keeps many up at night, and many are desperate to find out. And that is, can money buy us happiness? So wonder no more because there's a new research by these two brilliant uh, researchers that uh, this report that's been published and on their study conducted on over 30,000 adults ages 18 to 65 with incomes over $10,000. And it's actually a very interesting study because it debunks the research done back in 2010 by Nobel Prize winning economist and psychologist Daniel Kahneman, basically what he's saying is that after $75,000 worth of income, there's diminishing returns as far as happiness goes. So once you get above that, what they were talking about is that once you get above that, the increases aren't as impactful. Right, right. So it's it's kind of like the impact of one more dollar beyond mm-hmm. that $75,000 mark doesn't really make much of a difference. You know, It doesn't move really the needle for you. Okay. But then later on in 2019, Matthew Killingsworth, a researcher and senior fellow at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School, said that there is actually increasing happiness well beyond $200,000. Okay. So So what you're saying is that these studies indicate that there may actually be some impact to people's happiness as their income increases. Oh, absolutely. Which previously had been said there's a cap on this, but they're saying it actually goes higher now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So Daniel uh, Kahneman was basically like, no, after 75,000, there's not really uh, much value in Mm -hmm. increasing your income. But then uh, Matthew Killingsworth was like, no, there's actually quite a bit of value there. So, Mm -hmm. so how did they conduct this study? Like what were the parameters that they went through creating the study? Yeah. So, so here's kind of how it worked. Participants were pinged at random moments throughout their day to ask about their emotional state. Basically Mm -hmm. just uh, I think the, the text was on, on a scale of very good to very bad. How do you feel? Right. And that's that, really broad. That, I know. I know. I, I thought the same thing. And um, for most people, it's probably like, I don't know. Did, have I eaten lunch yet? <laughs> yeah. It's like, did you, <laughs> did I get the sex before or after lunch? Or for that me, make a big difference in my mood. If <laughs> we're just being honest. Right. Like for me, if it was like a minute after I woke up, eh, I'm not going to be feeling, be feeling very right. good. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be a good answer for but me. But back to the study. <laughs> all right, all right. Back to the study. Uh, so when, one caveat is that there was not a substantial amount of data for earners beyond $500,000. So as far as the value beyond that, maybe this isn't uh, the most insightful study on that. But mm-hmm. here's the findings. So on average, having more money does make us happier. Surprise. Okay. Or at least perceive, we perceive ourselves as happier. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Yes. And it looked like it said about 20% of people were unhappy to begin with and their unhappiness diminished mm-hmm. up until about $100,000. And from that point forward, it didn't really have as much of an impact if I'm reading that right. Yes. Yes, exactly. So if if people were you know pretty, pretty much just unhappy to begin with, then there was actually still a positive impact of increasing income. Mm-hmm. But- 
not as much beyond that $100,000 threshold. And when we were talking through this the other day, we, we, of course, we have no proof for this part, but we wondered if maybe the impact of inflation in, in recent history has mm-hmm. had some impact on that because, you know, the, the dollar's not stretching as far as it used to. Mm-hmm. So we wonder if that $100,000 would maybe even be higher if it were done today versus even a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that has an impact. And here's here's an exception to kind of the, the whole trend of money making people happier, though. So the exception is people that were already rich mm-hmm. and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, if you're just miserable, mm-hmm. it's not going to matter how much money you make. Exactly. Especially if you're already wealthy and you can't find happiness there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, basically, there is a ceiling yes. to that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, and your, I guess, initial... Uh, well-being or emotional states but um, you know another thing that that uh, they learned from the study is that there's degrees of happiness and that mm-hmm. there is a perceived ceiling as well right mm-hmm. so uh, you know somebody that starts out on the lower part of the income scale mm-hmm. the increases in income have a larger impact right. than somebody that's already uh, you know living well off then mm-hmm. maybe that same increase wouldn't impact them as much. Right, because the need probably isn't as great. So mm-hmm. that the positive feelings I would get from a 10% raise if I were making you know $50,000 a year is more impactful to me mm-hmm. in my day-to-day spending, my day-to-day habits than maybe if I made more. Even right. though the dollar amount is more, it's just the impact because of where the budget sits already. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and, and apparently there's also kind of a happiness ceiling Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm not really sure what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that to me seems silly. But then again, also, I'm I'm kind of a weird one. Uh, I've, I say this a lot about a lot of things. I guess I'm just mm-hmm. weird in general. Um, <laughs> happiness is something that to me seems very fleeting. Elusive, for sure. Yes, yeah. uh, and, and very subjective, very much based on momentary feelings. So for me, I've always kind of felt like happiness is a little bit silly to chase. Joy mm-hmm. is probably kind of the thing I like to chase, but that's a whole other conversation for another day. <laughs> There's no, no ceiling on joy, in my opinion. You can always be joyful. That's true. That's true. I think, um, I think to me, anyway, uh, joy is your ability to respond mm-hmm. in a positive way to situations. Yes. I read something the other day, and it was talking about how your circumstances can sometimes be out of your control. Now, you're all, almost always in a situation because of choices you've made that got you there. Mm-hmm. But how you choose to perceive those circumstances can have an indelible effect on your future. So, you know, for instance, I get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. I can choose to just be furious at the world and wo- woe is me and, you mm-hmm. know, lose my crap, which I will for at least a second. But I don't have to stay there. Right. I can just say, OK, I'm here. What am I going to do about it? Yeah. And thankfully, I live in the south. So I have not had to yet get up underneath my car and to do too much work on it because usually there's some wonderful person who comes along and helps me. Um, but you know, I could sit there and mope and then nobody knows what's going on or I can get out of my car and start working on it. And usually someone will come along beside me and help, Mm -hmm. which is a lot like life. If you get going and you start making progress, people want to help you. So you don't have to go it alone. Absolutely. From the, the study and you know, these, these takeaways, what, what would you say are some possible conclusions that you would draw from this? I think one thing is, you know, financial matters do cause stress. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to own that. We've all experienced stress over money at some point in our lives. Um, So this idea of increased income creating more happiness, that could seem kind of obvious that that's going to happen. But it's more so because of that ability to just 
meet your obligations. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's, you know, and of course this is my opinion about what we read mm-hmm. that I don't know that money truly buys happiness, but mm-hmm. I think being financially sound mm-hmm. can give you more perceived happiness that if you feel like you can meet your obligations, then you're going to have less stress about money and thus feel a little happier about it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, we, we preach financial independence so much mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's what, what this is, right. Is that, I think a higher level of income probably gives that perception of financial freedom to people, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, a, a study from the Lending Club uh, shows that as of January 2023, 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And I know, like, part of me just has a little sticker shock when I see 60%, but the yeah. number's not been far from that for a long time. It's right, been right. It's pretty consistent. High. Yeah. So this is basically in alignment with where we've been for a while. So we can't mm-hmm. blame inflation. Right. We can't blame, you know, 2020 we can't blame what's been going on recently because this number has been pretty steady for a while right i think it's more of a a societal norm that's been set up that people have not been taught young to live within their means Mm -hmm. and then when they become adults and they realize how expensive things are Mm -hmm. they they panic because they still want to live that lifestyle that they see everybody else living right and so they end up making poor financial decisions so I, I, I hate to hear this, but I've been there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband got laid off during COVID and we were real tight for a while there mm-hmm. and it was a little ugly, but yeah. we were able to find our way out of it by just yes. buckling down. Right. Yes. So the, and, and the crazy statistic behind this as well is that uh, from, from this 60% of Americans that live paycheck to paycheck, uh, four out of 10 of those include high income earners, mm-hmm. which points to possible lifestyle inflation Yes. As you know, kind of the culprit behind all of this. Well, and that tells you that your income is not the culprit. Right. I mean, think about your your clients who come in that are the ones that have paid off their house or mm-hmm. the ones that have paid cash for cars. They're typically not people who make large sums of money. Right. They're just exactly. people who are very smart with the money they do make. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the biggest eye opening things for me when I joined this team and started working with clients was to realize it is not the the guys out there, the ladies out there who are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year that mm-hmm. are financially sound every time. Right. It is often those that are just kind of your average middle class people who have just chosen to, you know, really manage their finances well mm-hmm. that are in great shape. Right. And when they get a raise, they're usually the ones that are saying, Hey, I got a raise. Can we save more? Exactly. Which is really cool to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I I had uh, I mean, with a, a buddy not too long ago, uh, actually earlier this week, and uh, he just finished up his master's and he's going to start a job here pretty soon. And uh, one, I was just you know excited to to just talk to him mm-hmm. uh, because you know he's gonna have this this job where it's gonna, he's going to be making a lot more money than he's used to. And he knows though that he has been living off of a much lower amount. Yes. So he wants to know what he needs to do at this point, mm-hmm. right? So it, it was just a, a really cool conversation uh, because, I mean, he's going to have quite a bit of extra free, free cash flow. Mm-hmm. So making wise decisions with that and before he even starts, you know, uh, getting that in the bank yes. is is such a, a great decision. So yeah. I'm excited for him. And I would have been I would have loved for them to have also taken this study and, and done it kind of in a different way where they measured people's perceived happiness as they paid off debt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there is there's this relationship back and forth between your income and your debt level. And a lot of people, I think, ignore that, mm-hmm. that um, that that does have a similar to me, at least. I mean, I got to pay off my van recently. Um, I sold a, an old piece of property that I had and was able to pay off my van. And just the like, huh, mm-hmm. 
I own this. Yeah. It felt pretty cool. So I don't know. I think that would have been an interesting study to see too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I agree. And uh, to me, the the question kind of in this is, you know, could this just be a side effect mm-hmm. of unwise spending decisions stressing us out rather than money actually making us happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting to see. So, mm-hmm. and, but what does this mean for you out there? Like, wh- what are we, what are we trying to help people understand from this study? Yeah. And w- one of the things that the, one of the economists uh, mentioned in the study is that, you know, money is just one of the many determinants of happiness. And mm-hmm. he added that money is not the secret to happiness, but it can definitely help. Yeah. Right. So that's one point that I would definitely agree with, you know, because I, I think without a doubt, having having that increased solvency, right, that increased free Liquidity. cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is something that that gives anybody, you know, a, a lowered level of stress. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself, even as you progress in your career, um, just miserable still, mm-hmm. then the question is, is the issue your finances or is there something deeper that you need to deal with? Mm-hmm. That, that's what that told me earlier when you said, well, you know, if you're wealthy already and you're unhappy, money doesn't help. Right. So, you know, sometimes we need to just change our perception of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that uh, I read not too long ago, I follow a few different uh, kind of financial wellness um, type of accounts on, on Instagram. And there was one that was really, really interesting to me. Um, I can't remember the amount of seconds that there are in a day uh, anymore, mm-hmm. but okay. If, if you think about that, right, like the several thousands of seconds that there are in a day, right. And if you thought about that in terms of money, mm-hmm. right. So that several thousand dollars worth of, of money. And if you had a bad moment during the day, let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's call it $10,000 worth of a bad moment. Mm-hmm. Would you throw the rest of it? away mm-hmm. right meaning would you throw the, the rest of of the, your day away just because of that one b- bad moment right if you think about it in terms of dollars yeah would you if ten thousand dollars all of a sudden you know got stolen from you mm-hmm. right would you turn around and burn the rest of that huge pile of money yeah and the answer is no right but a lot of people uh, including myself you know if we have one bad moment you know during during our day you know whether it be a few seconds of somebody cutting me off on the road or somebody uh, getting bad news at work or mm-hmm. getting, you know, bad news in just like my personal life. Right. It uh, can can cause a lot of us to throw the rest of our day away. And on that financial twist, if you make one bad financial decision, that doesn't just mean you're bad with money. Mm-hmm. It just means you made a bad decision. You need to move forward mm-hmm. and make a better one next time. Exactly. Something kind of funny from uh, that I got from the. Uh, the study is uh, some some kind of comparisons that that the researchers made, uh, and just because I'm thinking like, how do they measure this? But uh, so apparently, the effect of an approximate fourfold difference in income is about equal to the effect of being a caregiver, twice as large as the effect of being married, about equal to the effect of a weekend, and less than a third as large as the effect of a headache. Okay. Think about so that one for a second. There's a quote <laughs> from a movie, speaking of quotes, where they said, I feel like they just found a thesaurus and started throwing some words together. On the, <laughs> like, when you read that, I've read it probably four times in preparation for today, and I'm like, I, I don't Still I don't quite sure. get it, but I'm just going to go with it because they're very smart people. Yeah. So apparently, if you multiplied the amount of income that you make today by four, mm-hmm. it w- you would be as happy or you would have a an emotional feeling of essentially being married 
Um, or twice. Two uh, tw- times sorry, as large. Two times, two as, large. times as large as being married. <laughs> yeah. But it is the effect of a weekend. Of so a we- explain to me. So it's, it's two <laughs> times as, as much as being married. If you're twice yeah. as happy as being married, if you make four times as much. But you're only equally as happy as a weekend. So apparently, this is a really instead good of getting married, people should just have more weekends. I don't know. Apparently. But I <laughs> or think wait what for it, the weekend. I think what we really learn in general about finance that we wish everybody could take too hard is that <laughs> margin is yeah. so important. And that yes. margin being space, yes, having exactly. a safety net, having a system that allows you some wiggle room in your finances. Yes. So, okay, I'm going to get started with just kind of our two cents, right, for our listeners here. Uh, So I think that we have all experienced the joy of finding a $20 bill at like that random parking lot. Or or if you're a lady, you found it in your jacket from last season, most (laughs) likely. I guess that's That's usually where I find money. And I'm always excited. I'm, I'm always more excited to find somebody else's money oh, because <laughs> if I just find my own money in my pocket, just like at a later time, it's not as happiness. So it's undeniable, obviously, that money has an effect on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, beca- and But I believe it's because of what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. How would reaching financial independence make you feel right? Like how would uh, being debt free make you feel? I would encourage you to focus on those things mm-hmm. rather than just focusing on making more money. Yes. And if you are curious, if you're on track to achieve financial independence and your goal is specific to that, but you're not sure, we've got some tools for you on our website. Um, it's called the Six Keys to Financial Independence. You can go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com to find that, um, or you can reach out to us at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. Well, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening to us. If you like the content, give us a like and subscribe to your YouTube channel to listen to fresh content every week. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available for you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.